Well, good morning, WL. It is so good to see you this morning. So good to see you. I'd love to read this scripture over us as we get started. This comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and in verse 16 it says, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can we say just that phrase together, where the Spirit of the Lord is? Let's say that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And we worship a God this morning, church, who who works transformatively to transform us into the likeness of, of Jesus. So would you stand with us as we sing about being found in him? Celebrate together, come on. Every need that we have is found in Him.
the brightness of his glory. Jesus, the Son of God, descends, takes on the nature of a servant. Jesus, obedient to death, the Father will to crush him. As a sacrifice for sin, he satisfied God's justice and in victory rose again. You are highly exalted, name above all names, worthy of all praise.
so grateful that you would invite us into this place this morning that we can encounter the living Christ together that is largely what worship is we want to experience what Jesus is doing in our church and in this community and around the world God thank you so much that you invite us into your story we're gonna hear some stories today and, and we just are reminded again, Lord, how you have called us into your story, your story of salvation, where Jesus is King and Lord. He reigns over the earth as we just sang. So God, encourage us, encourage our hearts today. Lift our eyes up from maybe some very tough things that we're dealing with uh, personally or, or in our families and remind us that you are calling us, you are, we're on this journey with you. We're gonna be with you forever, for eternity. Fill us with hope in the resurrection and encourage us to press on. Even today, God, we just commit ourselves to you, commit this time to you. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> well, good morning. My name is Kip Cohen. I'd like to welcome you to this celebration service. May is Foster Care Awareness Month, and our team, Room at the Table, that supports and encourages foster care families and adoptive families, they're having this informal question and answer time in the fireside room starting after this service, about 10.15 to 11.30. If you uh, just want to find out more about that ministry or about foster care, or adoption, uh, I encourage you to take part in that later this morning. Also, hey men, 
Breakfast. It's a good thing, especially when bacon's involved. And uh, there's going to be a men's breakfast next Saturday, May 27th at 7.30 at The Hub. So food, fellowship, and a challenge for our hearts. Encourage you to come. Uh, Anyone age 16 and over. One of the great things that is happening in our church family this year is that uh, together we are reading through the one-year chronological Bible. And I'm hearing great stories of how individuals and families are reading the Bible together. Talk about being on the same page together. When the page that you're on is the Word of God, wow, God can work and He is working. Uh, one of the texts that was part of our reading this last week was Psalm 77. And the psalmist, the author of this psalm, was having a bad week, evidently. Uh, he was really down and discouraged. And uh, he wrote this Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? Wow, that is a heavy and discouraging list of questions. But what's interesting is in that psalm, it takes a whole different direction as the psalmist chooses to direct his thoughts towards what God has done. We read this, but then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds. And remembering what God has done kind of changed his whole attitude and outlook. It is good to remember what God has done. And that's what we want to do this morning as we are together for a few minutes is to remember and celebrate what God uh, has been doing in and through you, the church family, what, what he's doing now and to anticipate with expectation what he'll do in the future. And we're going to do that through the grid of our mission. So what is our mission? Our mission is to make disciples. Our mission is to make disciples. How do we do that? Well, first of all, uh, we make disciples by loving our neighbors to Jesus. We make disciples by loving our neighbors to Jesus. When I think about that, I think about the great command. We call this the great command. There was a teacher of the law that asked Jesus a question. And here's the question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus answered it. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, how do we love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, around here, we talk about bless. We want to bless our neighbors. Uh, what does that mean? It means begin with prayer. I'm excited because our men's huddle has begun to practice this, that we're, that we're uh, holding each other accountable to blessing our neighbors and beginning now with prayer for them on a consistent basis. Then we listen, which means we're in relationship. We're in conversation. Uh, we talk and we listen. And then we eat together, which is hospitality, kind of taking relationship to a new level and uh, opening our homes, which is really opening our lives, our hearts to our neighbors. And then we find ways to serve. And then sharing, sharing our lives, sharing 
the pain points in our lives, sharing how we're locating God at work in and around our lives, sharing the good news of the gospel we share with our neighbors. That's how we, that's how we love our neighbors as ourselves. I just got a text this weekend from a couple in our church, and uh, they, were, they were excited to tell me they were in a store talking to a clerk or a salesperson in the store. Now, think about it. Is a clerk or salesperson or worker in a store that you frequent a neighbor? Yes, yes, that's a neighbor. Okay, and so they're, they're in conversation and they're listening and they're talking. And uh, I don't know exactly, maybe they're sharing how they're locating God at work in and around them. And then this worker in the store says kind of excitedly, hey, I just, I just ordered a Bible because I want to know more about God. Yes! Isn't that exciting? You never know what God is doing in people's lives. But, but we, want, we want to get into people's lives and to talk. One of the good things that has happened in this last year in the whole area of BLESS is that we have a BLESS team that comes together each month. And they're thinking and strategizing of ways to encourage our church family to bless our neighbors. And one concrete thing that's coming out of that is that um, we're putting together a block party trailer with everything you would ever need to host a block party in your neighborhood. And come Father's Day on June 18th, the block party trailer is going to be out on the lawn. You can check out all that's going to be a part of it and then begin to sign it out uh, to, to be able to put on a neighborhood block party. What's the point of that? It's to be able to have a relationship to get to know your neighbors. And a few people have kind of gotten wind of this and already put in their dates for when they want the block party trailer at their place. But it's about relationship. It's about getting to know our neighbors. <clears throat> what about next steps in the whole area of bless? Well, we want to think, and, and we're starting to do this, really think strategically about how our facilities can assist us in loving our neighbors to Jesus. I, I sit in my office over there, which looks out across the parking lot to the playground, and Almost every day, I see families with their kids uh, at the playground, or I see Grace College athletes running across the parking lot, or Jefferson children walking to and from school, or skateboarders grinding on the curb. And, and listen, we all need grace, don't we? We need grace. I look out and think these people need grace. How, they're right on our doorstep. They're right on our sidewalk. How can we connect? So we're thinking about loving our neighbors to Jesus. Well, that's the, that's the beginning of making disciples. Making disciples involves loving our neighbors to Jesus. And secondly, it involves following Jesus together, following Jesus together. And I think of the Great Commission when I think about this. In Matthew chapter 28, uh, we're very familiar with these verses. Jesus came and told his disciples I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're going to practice that today, a little bit later in the service. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. It's, it's a whole uh, change of life. Uh, that permeates every part. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you, Jesus. That is good. Well, what are we doing in that area of following Jesus together? 
Well, I'd like to invite um, some people up to talk with me, and we'll begin with Lloyd and Marsha Graber. If Lloyd could join and Marsha could join me. Up on the screen, you're going to see some pictures um, <clears throat> of some of the activities that we do in relationship to discipling children. Uh, on the left is a picture from the Holy Week, from Passion Week, where dozens and dozens of kids and parents came and uh, did activities and heard a lesson and read stories related to Passion Week and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And on the right, you see Becky Dick in her Central African garb uh, teaching our kids about uh, global missions. And with me now are Lloyd and Marsha Graber, and they're involved in children's ministries. I, I love this because we're committed as a church family to doing whatever it takes to help the next generation walk with Jesus. And, and Lloyd and Marsha are helping out with that. So tell us, uh, you're teaching kids what age group and, um, and how long have you been doing that? So we're doing second grade right now, and uh, we've been doing that for three years. All right, three years. Wonderful. And what have you been teaching this year, uh, and kind of how have you been doing that? So the big theme this year has been prayer. Prayer. So we're going through uh, the stories of the Old Testament, and uh, we see how the, even our heroes in the Old Testament sinned at times. And uh, they needed to repent and ask forgiveness of the Lord in prayer. Mm -hmm. So uh, much like us today. And uh, that, that's been what we've been focusing on for this year. And that's something, I don't know if you've, been, uh, if you've been reading through the Old Testament as we have. I've been noticing how, I think, oh no, I'm, I'm a lot more like those guys than I thought I was <laughs> uh, when I was a kid. You know, I thought, oh my goodness. But prayer, prayer is our highest priority. And so you've been teaching and discipling the kids in prayer. Um, has there been impact? Have you seen any difference? What have, you, what have you seen in their lives when it comes to prayer? Well, at last fall, Mindy um, encouraged all of us teachers at the teachers' meeting to start out teaching about prayer and then to pray with the kids. And Barbara Sasso had a little session and, and just had great information for us that we've used throughout the year. And so things like sentence prayers, teaching that one week, and then um, the ACTS acronym and praying scripture and then anytime prayer. And so um, one day, I had little pictures of global teammates that I had each of the students choose one and told a little bit about them. And then the kids were really having fun making a list of what are the things that they wanted to pray for. And then each one prayed for a little glo global teammate. And as soon as we said amen, one little girl said, can I have another picture to take home and pray for? <laughs> so, oh, and it just touched our hearts. That is excellent. So practicing that, uh, actively praying and learning those things at a young age is so important. Of course, when we serve, when we teach, it also impacts us. How has this impacted your lives? This has impacted us by um, that we feel very blessed. Um, and as we study the lesson, um, we desperately pray, help us, Lord. You know, we don't want to do anything that would harm these kids. We want his leading. And oftentimes during whether Lloyd's teaching or me, 
things come into our mind that we'd never thought of before, and we share those. And on the way home, we talk about it, and we knew that was God helping us. Hmm. And so those kids are a blessing to us. We feel so blessed. And if you want to feel blessed, <laughs> help with kids. It's wonderful. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, let's thank Lloyd and Marsha, and in doing that, all who work with our kids. So we want, we want to follow Jesus together, that's uh, children, but also um, marriages, because we are focused as a church on building strong discipleship communities, marriages, and homes. I want to ask Chris and Amy Lohman to join me up here, and they are working with a program we call Marriage Mentors, and that's, in, you know, um, we say that the home is the best place, the prime place for discipleship, and that's true, but it's dependent upon the strength of mom and dad's relationship with God and with each other. And, and so working with that, who am I giving the mic to? All right, very good. T tell us then, what, what, what is Marriage Mentors? What's it all about? What's the goal? Sure. So the goal, obviously, is to support marriage, be you know, proactive in that area. So we have uh, a group of veteran married, men, married mentors by decades, right? We're veterans. And um, got together, the team put together a curriculum to, you know, focus on the biblical approach to marriage. So we, we talked about, um, you know, the purpose of marriage, the uh, roles in marriage, and we had some sessions as a team. And then at the end of the session, um, this was focused towards um, newly engaged couples or pre-engaged couples. And at the end of the session, the, um, the, the couples were matched up with a marriage mentor team. Yep. So, and then we can encourage each other up through the wedding and then, you know, thereafter. So, now haven't I know any weddings yet, but. Well, I know, but they're coming up. I think they're, I think this cohort, several of the weddings are happening very soon. Okay, what kind of impact have you seen in lives uh, through this whole marriage mentoring? Well, it's kind of new. And so we don't have a lot of statistical data yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is our hope that they would be encouraged and, and feel supported and that they would be able to learn from all of our vast mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really. good. And well, then how's it impacted you? Again, serving in ministry impacts us as we do it. Sure. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we're veterans, so we had it all figured out, but you all know that that's not the case. So, you know, we, we had the chance to actually lead a session talking about teaching at one of the um, retreats. And just the time that we worked on that together, preparing for our you know, piece in that was wonderful because we just, you know, for the weeks leading up to that, we just talked about our marriage and it was just refreshing. I mean, we've been married 32 years right. and you know, it was just a wonderful time to refresh and talk about that. And um, similar to the, the last folks that were up here, I would recommend anyone that wants to do this to be a marriage mentor. It's been really great. Yeah, so. good for us. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chris and Amy Lohman and Marriage Mentors. <laughs> so following Jesus together, children being discipled, uh, uh, couples in marriages being strengthened, and I'd like to ask Linda Bowdler to join me up here. And uh, we, we have ministries that we own because we initiated them and we support them fully, and we provide everything for it. We have ministries that we catalyze because we either provide space or manpower or, or money for it. And we have ministries that we bless and say, we love you, go do it, cheer you on, pray for you. Um, 
Community Bible Study is a ministry that I would say that we catalyze. It's not, we don't own it. It's not ours. We didn't initiate it. But it's been happening for a long time, and it's impacting a lot of women's lives. And we catalyze it because we offer the space for it, and we offer wonderful resources and people. So, Linda, what is um, Community Bible Study? What's it all about? What's the goal? Well, first of all, I want to thank Winola Grace Brethren, who houses us every Wednesday morning and has done that for quite a few years. Um, our vision is to transform lives through in-depth Bible study and to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the community. So, Community Bible Study is... Uh, composed of women throughout our community, not just from within this church. And we have five essential components. One is uh, your personal study throughout the week. Second, you come together in a core group of about 15 with uh, a trained leader and you go all through your study. Then you have a teaching by the teaching director Fourth, the commentary, and last, shepherding done by every one of the core leaders of all those women. Wow. And so kind of what kind of impact are you seeing in the women's lives? Well, my next question is supposed to be, oh, yeah. what is my part? That's right. Thank so... <laughs> She knows my notes better than I do. Very good. <laughs> anyway, as teacher director, and I am so privileged to be the third. Donna Cipher was the first teacher director that came out of our church. And our um, uh, CBS has been here for about 20 years. And my responsibility is to lead. We have like 32 women in a leaders council. These women are the ones that are trained to teach the children and lead the core groups. So I meet with them each week during the school year. I shepherd the servants team out of that. And then every week I prepare message slash teaching uh, over what we study. And I um, teach that three different times and record that online. Whew, that is a lot of work. Yes, and lots of study. I, and she is a good teacher. And I know that because she was my teacher when I was at Warsaw Christian <laughs> School. Uh, so incredible and so what's been the what yes. kind of impact what's been the seeing? impact last question <laughs> so the impact first of all is the number of young women and older women throughout the years that have grown in their study of the word of god this year our cbs chapter was recognized nationally as having a one of the very highest percent of young women that are attending. Uh, we doubled in children this year from 50 to 100. We already have 23 babies registered for next year. We go up through eighth grade, even into high school we're expanding. And we have nine different core groups, 157 women this past year. So there are many, many testimonies of women um, who, how they've been shepherded, how they've been prayed for, how they've been ministered to, how they've grown, how they've grown in leadership. And the stories, I can't go through all the stories, but one real quick story, um, one of our women who does the online in the evening uh, saw a video of our children's program and said, Wednesday morning is more difficult for me, but I'm switching because that's when the children's program is, and I want my children to have that training. Mm -hmm. so. Wonderful. Thank you, Linda. <clears throat> so discipleship going on a lot of different kinds of ways. Those are just a, a few of the ways that we follow Jesus together. 
So remember, our mission is to make disciples, and we do that by loving our neighbors to Jesus, and we do that by following Jesus together, and we do that finally by equipping leaders for our world. And when I think about that, I think of two passages from Scripture. First of all, uh, the great prediction. And uh, this is in Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So Peter's confession, and we sang it, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Uh, That is the foundation. In fact, it's Jesus himself who is the cornerstone of the church. But the foundation is also the apostles, also the men and women who are uh, uh, involved in ministry and taking uh, and building the church by the grace of God and through the power of the Spirit around the world. And so this this next passage is the great petition. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Send workers. And we, we want to be a church that develops and trains and sends workers into the harvest field. And, and God has blessed us with a great location to, to kind of partner with Grace College uh, and seminary to be able to provide practical experience for men and women who are being trained for ministry to go out into the world. But we also want to, want to train and develop our own people to go across the street and around the world to serve the Lord. And I'd like to uh, invite a couple, Logan and Olivia, to come join me up here. Logan and Olivia were already serving us this morning uh, on the worship team. So uh, they have been a part of our church family for a while. And um, come into Grace College and worship arts program and get involved with our church. Um, t- tell us about ways that you have been involved here at Winona Lake Grace. Yeah, of course. Um, so as you can tell, I'm the drummer. So I've been serving here for four years now. And I actually was the first production intern. So I've learned the backside of church. And it's just been a blessing to be on that And you've been, you were uh, an intern here that helped with tech as well as music. And we appreciate all, all that involvement. And Olivia? I have had the blessing of being a part of the children's ministry through helping with the kids corral, which has been an absolute blessing. Um, but also being able to serve on the worship team occasionally, and that that has also been a really amazing blessing. Thank you for doing that. And so graduation and heading on into next phases of life, how, how has your involvement here, being a part of our church family, kind of prepared and developed and equipped you uh, for life and ministry? Oh my goodness, yeah. They, I've learned so much here from just like the simplest things on the kit and being uh, reminded that it's not about me. Um, And the skills of uh, the tools I've learned back in the tech side has uh, equipped me for the tools for the harvest and going out and being uh, a good Christian and a wonderful musician out into the world. Um, For me, it's, I grew up a pastor's kid, um, been in the church my whole life. And I grew up in a small church, and we didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to serve within the church. And um, being here has allowed me more opportunities than I've ever had to serve others and to also give glory back to God by using my spiritual gift and giving the gift of singing back to him. So that's been something that I've 
I feel like God's blessed me with. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Let's thank them for serving us during their time here. I want to read you a letter. This is, this is a letter we received from someone who graduated this year, a grace student who was a part of our church family, and uh, she wrote this. I'm a third-year graduate of Grace College, and I've spent the last three years attending WL and being poured into by you guys. To be honest, at least half of the reason I chose to attend WL is because I don't have a car. But I also immediately felt welcomed in and fed by WL. I have been so thankful for the smiles and greetings from Bruce Barlow, the leadership of Mindy Bloomfield during the time I had a chance to serve with WL Kids, the consistently amazing preaching of the speaking team, and my time with the gathering being fed both physically and spiritually, whether it was Lucas Cohn, Joe Jackson, or Tim Wright. I've treasured experiences different from my home church, a phenomenal speaking team, a meaningful, intentional three-part communion service, the fun and meaningful family discipleship Sundays. I've had opportunities to connect with the old and the young, and I am so thankful for this church family. Regardless of whether I ever sit in a Sunday service at WL again, I am honored to consider you part of my church family and to share in that identity we have in Christ Jesus. That's, that's, what, that's what we're doing this for, right? Is, is to be a church family that can develop and equip and send men and women into ministry. And so thankful for that. Well, if we do these things well by the grace of God and in dependence upon his power, if we make disciples by loving our neighbors to Jesus and following Jesus together and equipping leaders for the world, then there will be growth. And in fact, there has been growth uh, there's been a trajectory, a pattern of growth over the last months and year. Since the beginning of this calendar year, all but two Sundays have had more than 700 in attendance. That's in-person attendance. Four of those Sundays have been close to or exceeded 900, where we've seen the most growth, in, and Linda was talking about the growth in young families and children. We've seen the same thing on Sundays, is young families and a lot of children. Um, <clears throat> and so our children's ministry, especially the early childhood wing, is bursting. Evidently, there are 12 births expected before December. I don't know who. Okay, don't ask me. All right, and that's just what we know. So things are kind of um, expanding. And so one thing that we're going to do uh, in relationship to this is, to, is in the fall go to three services. We currently have two services. We want to go to three services. And here quickly are some reasons for that. We want to increase engagement on Sunday morning. Uh, and that means really encouraging and challenging all of us to worship together, but then also to either serve or participate in a discipleship group on a Sunday morning to make the most of Sunday mornings. Secondly, uh, going to three service will create more opportunity and flexibility for discipleship. And so, so there'll be lots of different kinds of groups meeting in different places and spaces, and we think that that is very important. The best place for discipleship is in the home. One of the best times for discipleship is a Sunday morning, and we want to make the most out of that when we are together. Thirdly, 
Uh, it relieves the overcrowding in the children's ministries, especially the early childhood wing. Three services will help kind of relieve some of the pressure. Um, if, if you've been in a room with a lot of little kids for a long time, you'll understand why this is important. And uh, finally, we want to get ahead of the attendance curve that's happening right now. Um, people in the know say that when the church regularly hits 60% capacity in a service, they need to start planning for, to add a service. And so, so when you get to 70%, really, you, you need to do that. So we've had at least 13 individual services that have been over 60% in the last couple months uh, since the beginning of the year, and a, a handful over 70%. So here's the plan, okay, here's the plan. Is June 11th, which isn't very far away, we're gonna just shift our two services to the, the new start times for the first two services. So we'll shift to 8.30 and 10 o'clock. No other changes, just a shift in time. Coming up, okay? Mark that on your calendars. All right, 8.30 and 10 o'clock. And then in the fall, the Sunday before college students come back, we will add a third service at 11.30. Now, when we do that, there are going to be plenty of empty chairs, right? And we don't exist as a church to fill empty chairs. We, we exist as a church to make disciples. And as we together, fully committed to Jesus Christ, make disciples by loving our neighbors to Jesus and by following Jesus together and by equipping leaders for the world, then those chairs will be filled. And we're going to see a lot more of what we're about to see, which are baptisms, things to rejoice about continually and consistently, and that's what we get to celebrate next, is people publicly communicating their faith in Jesus Christ. My name is Katya Ho Etner. I was just three years old, and we were having life group at our house in our basement. And I went downstairs while they were praying and asked my mom if I could accept Jesus into my heart. And she prayed with me. And then we told my dad. I want to be baptized so that everyone knows that I love Jesus and accepted him into my heart. Hi, I'm Ariana Etner. Um, when I accepted Jesus in my heart, I was really little and I prayed with my mom and I needed to have Jesus with my, in my heart so that I would be kind to my siblings and my friends and the people around me. And I needed God's help so I can live eternally with him. I want to be baptized so that I can show my entire church family that I am a follower of Jesus and a child of His. My name is Zaire Etner. I became a follower of Jesus when I met the Etners and they took me to church with them. And like, I, w I never used to really sing in the church and the um, services, but when I moved in with them, like everything changed and I started singing in the churches and when we had Bible time and then how they did the Bible time is like, it was really cool. So I feel like that also made me believe and follow Jesus more and accept him in my heart. I want to be baptized so I can um, publicly show the, our church that I'm a follower of Jesus and I 
would want to spend my eternal life with him. Hi, I'm Randy Colbert. I came to know Jesus uh, about six years ago, but with my mom and my little sister, but I didn't fully understand it until a couple months ago. I want to be baptized because I want to restart and just leave it all behind and follow Jesus completely. Drew Etner, and this is Katya. Katya, because of your professed faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and your desire to follow him in obedience and baptism, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Ariana, Ariana, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and because of your desire to follow him in the obedience, the step of obedience of baptism, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Zaire, Zaire, <laughs> because, because, of the, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and because you have desired to follow him in the step of obedience of baptism, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Ariana, Katya, and Zaire. Thank you for their profession of faith in you, and thank you for um, them just being a part of our lives. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much. We pray that we can continue to honor and glorify you as we live out our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Sing this out in faith together, church. It goes like this. And I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name. 
sing that out boldly together. We proclaim, I believe. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe. For I believe name of Jesus. Amen. We've heard some great stories and great ways that people are connected, and we're going to show you a video of, of one more before Pastor Tim comes up. So take a look at the screen. Hello, WL family. My name is Kenneth Kalembe, and this is my wife, Mary, and these are our children, Christina, Connor, and Karen. We've been attending WL for about a year now, and we've found it to be a welcoming church family that has helped us grow a lot in our faith. We are members of the Real People ABF, and I also attend the Women of Grace. I attend the youth group and serve in the media team. I enjoy the kids' service. Uh, and I love singing at Kids' Corral. so good to hear these stories. So good. Uh, my name is Tim Wright and I serve as our executive pastor and uh, as part of our celebration service we're going to spend a few minutes shifting our focus onto some other updates for the church. Um, first is about our discipleship pastor. Uh, many of you know that we are in the midst of hiring a discipleship pastor and uh, we are currently in our last round of interviews with two men and we wanted to let you know that. Um, uh, many have asked what are we looking for? What is it that it's important here? First of all, I just want to say this is a pastoral role. And so we are, uh, as, we've, as, we've narrowed, uh, as we get narrowed down to one person, uh, the plan is then to invite them here to candidate so that we could get to know them and they could get to know us. And then we will vote on them as a church family because that's a pastoral role. I wanted you to know that. Uh, a second, people have said, hey, what's our priorities as far as what they focus on? And we just... As we've talked with, with these candidates, there, there's two main things, discipleship groups and leadership development. And really that means there's one thing, right? And so we have, been, uh, we have loved being able to talk with people. Uh, our hope, by the way, is that this is gonna happen soon. Uh, we believe right now that both the men that we're talking to recognize the breadth of opportunity that comes with being part of a multi-generational church. It's something that has been very exciting, and so uh, we love that that excites them. So I'm just going to ask you to continue to pray. Would you please continue to pray uh, for us as we are in the final stretch here? Please. Uh, we also want to keep you up to date uh, about the church cares training that we've been doing over the last nine months. Uh, as part of this, we've been going through the Caring Well curriculum that was designed to equip churches like ours in several ways. First, uh, that we would know how to care well for anyone who may have, been, who may have ever experienced abuse in their life. Two, that, that we would be able to prepare the systems and structures of the church to know how to both avoid abuse and also to how to respond appropriately. Uh, if there were ever allegations of abuse, and then the third is to know how to just educate us as a church family in these areas. So we are currently working to train our ministry teams within the church 
Uh, we're working to update some of our church policies. We're not starting from scratch here. We have a great plan in place. And we're scheduling meetings with some of our local experts so that we can know best how to work with the right trained individuals in our community. This has been a good process. So please pray for us as we keep moving forward in this vital area. We want to be a church that cares well for people. Um, shifting gears, Kip already mentioned our facilities. Uh, let's talk about our facilities for a minute. 22-23 has been a big year for us to address significant uh, maintenance needs, deferred maintenance needs. Um, these are the kinds of things that don't seem too exciting until you are, uh, you're doing the dash to avoid the drips in an area of the church. They don't seem too exciting until we're actually dealing with those kind of things. Uh, but they're vital if we want to steward our facilities well. And I'm just really thankful for our trustees and for Josh Lee. Uh, they, they have put us in a position to have a great plan to keep addressing uh, these needs and stewarding our facilities well. Um, and your giving has allowed uh, much of that work to take, take place. So thank you for that. Uh, some of the projects from the past year include a replacement of the hub siding, uh, shingling the roofs of the main building, uh, replacement of the main auditorium AC units. You're going to appreciate that here in a couple weeks. And uh, restriping of the parking lot. Uh, we're constantly partway through some additional things that we've talked about, including uh, uh, updating our security systems and uh, connecting the dots for our fire systems. And so that's something you might actually see uh, evidence of that in the church building today. I uh, also want to let you know that the hub 20-ton chiller the, in the hub building has finally broke. We have gotten every spare bit of life out of that system that we could, and then just a little bit more. So it is time to tackle that, and it, the plan is to replace that in July. So we're excited for that. We are working to, uh, to steward our facilities well, and we've been able to tackle a lot in this last year. We're also working to align our facilities with our mission and vision. That's part of what Kip was saying earlier. Uh, and so uh, we want our buildings to be able to facilitate relationships, to help us connect to our community, uh, to help us connect with college students, with our church family. Buildings are just tools to do ministry but we want them to help us in the best possible way. So this winter, our church hired Bob Gray with True Path Solutions to lead us uh, in an intentional workshop uh, to help us take the next steps in our facilities. Some of you may remember Bob who worked with us uh, on our link project when he was with Aspen. He did a great job for us then. Uh, when we did the link project a number of years ago, we talked about having a multi-phase approach to our buildings. Well, we've kind of had a little bit of detour in the, la in the last year, but now is the time to get back on that path, and that's what we're doing. Uh, we want to continue to change and grow as a church family. So it's time to pick the plans back up, and it's time to rethink how our plans help us best align with our mission. Uh, so that's what's happening. We're moving along in the process, and, and we look forward to talking with you more about this actually really soon. So as we wrap up this part of the morning, uh, let's talk about giving and finances for a minute. Uh, if you picked up a bulletin this morning, you'll be able to follow along with us a little bit easier because there's a handout in there specifically related to this. We're really thankful for the generosity of this church family. Uh, one of our values is that we want to always be known as a generous church. And... You, you help us to do that. Uh, many of the stories this morning are directly related to your generosity. 
uh, not just through your giving to the ministry fund, but your time and investment in people. So, uh, not, and also not just through our normal giving, but also as we meet needs in so many different ways. We understand that most of the ministry of the church is nothing that anybody ever knows. Thank you. So we are close to the end of our fiscal year. It wraps up here in June. Uh, and you can see in your bulletin insert how we're projected to end our giving this year. We have six weeks left. Uh, we are on pace for... Uh, we're on pace for $1,820,249 in giving. And with our current budget of 1.8859991, we're close. I just want you to know that. We are close. I'll step over here for a second. And if you want to feel blessed, you can help us get even closer. I'm going to use that phrase a lot in this next year, I can feel. Uh, that was great. No, but we're really close, and we have six weeks left. And uh, I just want to make you aware of that. Um, so now as we head into this new year, it's time to focus on a new budget, which would begin in July. And I want to remind you about how this process works in our church. Uh, our business commission, which is a group of uh, elected people who are all volunteers, uh, they meet all year. They help us pay attention to our budget, uh, to our giving, to our expenses. They help us consider our facility needs and our staffing needs as a church. Um, our ministry staff works uh, all through the year, but specifically in February to March, to review what we've been doing, uh, to help us consider the priorities of the church in the next year, and then to put together a ministry budget that we feel will align with what God is calling us to do. Uh, we have a volunteer HR team. They speak into this to review salaries and benefits. Uh, and then that business commission, they review all of this. And really thankful for them. They review it and recommend it to the elders who then bring it to us for voting. And so I'm very thankful for the good teamwork at every point in the process. Uh, so this year, the elders have approved and are proposing a new budget of $1,923,589. And this proposed budget is an extension of our confidence in God's leading uh, in the planning for a new year of ministry. So Scott Schneider is here representing our elders uh, to help in making this recommendation to us. All right. Morning, everyone. So the Board of Elders recommends as a motion to the church family the proposed ministry budget for the 2023-2024 year of $1,923,589. Can I get a second for that motion? Okay, thank you. All right. If you have a question about the budget, uh, please feel free to stick around for a few minutes after the service. You can ask me um, anytime during the week. Uh, you can reach out to ask me. You can reach out to Jessica Bricker, who is the chair of our business commission. Uh, Dave Jones, who is our moderator of our elder team. They would love to answer questions as well. As well. Um, because a church budget affects everyone in the church family, we would ask that if you are 16 or older and you regularly participate in the life of the church, to please vote. You can do so in two ways. Uh, out in the courtyard this morning at WL Central, there are some paper ballots. Um, also today, you'll be emailed, if you are part on the church uh, email update list, you'll be emailed a digital ballot. Um, you can vote either one of those ways. That voting will go all the way through uh, this week and all through next Sunday. Make sure you check your email. Thank you. As we close, why don't you stand? Let's just sing this this great hymn of, of faith.
may be seated. Amen to that. It is his faithfulness. He receives all the glory. A couple uh, things to say before we dismiss. First of all, our next baptism will actually be next hour, right? But our, our next opportunity for folks to be baptized will be September 17th. That'll be an outdoor baptism in the evening. We're going to have a church picnic out at Hidden Lake. And so... Um, Anyone who is interested in being baptized, you can register for that coming up on September 17th. Uh, remember the change in service time on June 11th uh, to 8.30 and 10 o'clock. I'd like to ask Tim to join me up here. <clears throat> God is faithful, and by his grace, he helps us to be faithful. Uh, Tim, how many years have you been serving on the pastoral staff of the church here? Uh, 24 years this summer. 24 years, yeah. And uh, in what kind of some of the different capacities? Uh, most of that was in student ministry. And um, yeah, so about 18 years of that in student ministry, some there of discipleship in the last several years as executive pastor. Yeah. And all of that related to discipling, making disciples. And don't you think after 24 years you should get a sabbatical? <laughs> yes, I think so, uh, for uh, work and service rendered to us in so many countless ways. And so, um, Tim, starting on the 28th of this month, and then for June and July, we'll be taking a sabbatical. Uh, any kind of highlights, something you want to say about what you're looking forward to? I didn't prepare him for any of these no, questions. Right. I can, I can, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to just be refreshed spiritually, uh, relationally with my family and friends, uh, and also just to... Uh, pay attention to some key things that the church wants me to be able to focus on as I uh, step back into ministry, uh, especially in the area of uh, operations uh, and development and those types of things. So I'm looking forward to a lot of great conversations with people in similar roles um, in our fellowship, especially. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to stand. Put your arms out towards Tim. All right, Father God, we just thank you for your love and grace and goodness. And in one way that you demonstrate your love and grace and goodness uh, to us is the people you put in our lives. And I thank you for Tim. And I thank you for his faithful service to you here at our church among us and the countless lives uh, impacted and touched and changed ultimately by your spirit, but uh, your vessel, uh, the person that you work through is Tim. And Thank you for all that he has done, and I pray that you would give him a great time of connecting with you and with his family, and just of refreshment and renewal, and that your spirit would work in his heart and mind. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You are dismissed. You're sent. <clears throat>